Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in the sixth and final week of our sermon series called Simply Jesus. And as you know, what we've been doing in this series is learning a very simple paradigm or way of thinking about Jesus that is meant to take the confusion we've all experienced when trying to make sense of who Jesus is and in turn what that means for our lives and makes it simple. And what we have discovered over the last five weeks in who Jesus said he was in what Jesus did in his ministry of healing and exorcism, through Jesus giving a man his life back by making him clean, and in all that Jesus taught, is that very simply put, Jesus is God. Or Jesus is the creator of the universe, showing up in human form to take our lives as they are in all of their fallen and brokenness, to take the world as it is in all its sin and brokenness, and to make things right which hopefully is a logic that is made very clear in the Jesus paradigm. But now that we have done the hard work of uncovering who Jesus is and what it is that he came to accomplish, it's now time for you and I to ask a very important question of ourselves. So what does all of this mean for us? What does all of this that we've talked about for the last five weeks mean for us? Or how are we supposed to be living our lives in response to who Jesus is? Well, Luke 9, 1 through 2 says this. When Jesus called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Or basically... How we find Jesus' disciples responding to who Jesus is, is they simply go out and do what he told them to do. And what he told them to do was to go out and do the exact same thing he was doing. Healing the sick, casting out demons, and telling everybody that they came into contact with about the kingdom of God. But not only do we find Jesus sending out his 12 key disciples, like they're the only ones that he has chosen to go out and do this thing, but it's also the case that Jesus was busy sending out all sorts of people to do the very same thing that he was doing. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Or what Jesus is doing here is he's calling even more people to join him in doing the same thing. Or in other words, what Jesus is doing here is he is starting a movement. A movement that then continues to grow by Jesus sending out his disciples to make even more disciples. Or for them to go out and find other people who would be willing to join them in doing what Jesus did. Which is exactly what the Great Commission commands. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
And then what gives this movement the power it needs to go out and transform lives and to transform the world is that these Jesus followers are not just expected to go out and do this work on their own, like they can do it on their own power. No, these followers have been inspired and empowered by the Spirit of Christ to go out and do what he did, which is exactly what we find unfolding in the pages of the New Testament after the Pentecost story, where God fills his people with the Holy Spirit to go out and do the work that Jesus started. Which is a movement that didn't end with the New Testament. But a movement that against all odds continued to spread like wildfire throughout the entire world for the last two millennia, even up until this very moment. Because the truth is, who we are as the first Christian church of Great Bend, Kansas, are just more people who, because we have encountered the way of Jesus, that have said yes to doing what Jesus did. Which means, when it comes to the question, how should we be responding to who Jesus is, the answer is absolutely clear. Like Jesus' disciples have been doing for the last 2,000 years, what we should be doing is devoting our lives to doing what Jesus did. That's right. How we are being called to respond to who Jesus is and what he is all about and what he came to do is by devoting our lives to doing what he did. And all because that's a huge part of what it means to be a Christian. And it's a huge part of what it means for you and I to have faith in Christ. Because faith is not just about believing. No, faith is about believing so much that you go out and live in the ways that Jesus lived. And in a general sense, it really is that simple. It really is that simple when you kind of take a step back and look at the big picture view of who Jesus is, what he came to do, and how we're supposed to respond. But, and now that we've set our foundation on what it means to follow Jesus in doing what he did, now what we need to do is to get a bit more specific regarding what this might look like in our own lives. So, what you'll discover a little later on in the New Testament that helps us to better understand what it looks like for you and I to follow Jesus today is that it's quite clearly the case that not everyone is called to travel the countryside proclaiming the kingdom of God and healing the sick like Jesus and his early disciples did. No, instead, what we find as the church continues to grow and develop is that God began gifting his people with all sorts of things for the sake of the kingdom. Or Paul explains it in this way. He says, There's one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then we skip down to verse 11 and it says, The gifts he gave us were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and for the building up of the body of Christ. Or what Paul is saying here is that even though we all have come together for the one purpose to do what Jesus did, 
not all of us are called to do that in the exact same way. And the reason for that is because, as Paul also explains in 1 Corinthians 12, like one body has to have many parts to serve many different functions to do what a body does, right? We have hands and feet and mouth and eyes and, you know, all of that combined together makes the body, the church, even though it is devoted just to one purpose, serving our God, has to have many different people serving in many different roles to do all that needs to be done for the kingdom. Which again means we're not all called to do the same thing but instead are being called to do what it is that God has gifted us to do as individuals, which we do by playing our part, finding our place in the world in causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or to help you understand what this might look like in your own life, all you need to do is go back to the Jesus paradigm, which for me puts it into perspective. So, based on your gifts and talents, or what it is that you feel that God has called you to do, simply ask yourself this question. How is God calling you to go out and do what Jesus did? How is God calling you to go out and do what Jesus did? Or if Jesus was all about making things right, you know, taking the world as it is and making things right, where is there something in this world that is not right where you can go and with God's help begin to make a difference? And of course, some obvious answers to this are, you might know some people in the community who are hungry, so you take them some food. You might know someone who is lonely or hurting or something horrible has happened to them, so you make it a point to call or go and see them. Or maybe you know some people who need to hear the gospel, so you make it a point to tell them about how Jesus has transformed your life and how he can do the same for them, which I think are all things we, we kind of get. That's what it means to do what Jesus did. But to really make this point a bit more personal or to make this point foundational for your life, what I want you to think about now is how what you do for a living is not a job, but is actually one of the main ways you should be living your life in response to Jesus. That's right, I said your job. You don't just do your job and then Christians at other point. No, your job is a part of how you're supposed to be responding. For example, teachers. What you do day in and day out for your students is not just about teaching a particular subject or getting a paycheck, but it's about shaping and molding the lives of the younger generations who, who need it as much as anybody, so in turn, they will have this foundation that they need to go out and do what it is that God created them to do. Without that, they wouldn't be able to do that. People working in the medical fields, and I'm not just talking about doctors and nurses here, I'm talking about all of those people from the manufacturer of medical supplies to drug companies to office workers and everything in between. What you have been called to do in your own specific way is to devote your life to helping those who are sick and suffering get better. People working in the ag industry, the way you go about devoting your life to doing what Jesus did is you play your part in producing the food that is needed to feed millions of people all over the world. Because without that, people can't do anything. 
And for those of you who have this difficult job of being a parent, your main job in life is to do everything you can do to, to raise up your kids as devoted followers of Jesus. So in turn, when they grow into adults, they will go out and also do what Jesus did. And of course, on and on we could go with almost every job looking at how what we do for a living is a huge part, can be a huge part of how we do what God has called us to do or how we do what Jesus did, which I hope is something you'll take some time to think about this week so you can begin to see how it is you are devoting your life to doing what Jesus has called you to do or doing what Jesus did every single day or how you might need to rethink or change some things because what you're doing is not what God created you to do. Because whether you like it or not, what you do for a living is one of the most important ways that you devote your life to doing what Jesus did along with the whole other things that I think we already kind of get and what it means to be a Christian. And again, I really do think it's as simple and as powerful as that. Okay. So now that we have finally gotten to the end of this series, what I hope you can now see very, very, very clearly is that who Jesus is is the creator of the universe showing up in human form as one of us. And what Jesus came to do, or the purpose that Jesus had in coming into the world, was to take the world in our lives as they are in all of their sin and brokenness and evil and to begin to make things right. Healing, restoration, salvation. And how we're supposed to be living in response to who Jesus is and what he came to do is in the way that God has gifted us is to devote our lives to doing what Jesus did in our own way. Or that is simply Jesus. That's the easiest way I know how to explain to you who Jesus was, what he came to do, and in turn, how we're being called to respond every single day to that truth. And oh yeah, one more thing before we go. For those of you who have kind of been wondering about, you know, where the cross and salvation of our souls fits into this Jesus paradigm stuff, don't worry, I haven't skipped over that stuff. We're actually going to be doing that on Good Friday where we can actually spend some time getting into how God, through the cross, is taking our broken and sinful lives and making them right. So, I see a good Friday. Let us pray. Father, we're grateful for this journey of the last six weeks in learning more about who you are and what you came to do. So help us, Lord, to understand in everything that you proclaim and all the miracles you do, the, the exorcisms, uh, the parables you tell, even the, the, your life, death, and resurrection, what you were doing through all of that is responding to the fall. But we're taking the world as it is and all of its brokenness, its sinfulness, its darkness, and making things right. And now, because of what we heard today, oh Lord, help us to understand that what we're being called to do as your disciples, or as people who have chosen to follow you,
is the exact same thing, just in our own way or in the way that you have gifted us. Or Lord, now that we understand, show us day by day how it is that we can be a people who also take the sin and brokenness of this world and make things right. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.